0: Welcome. I feel like a kid coming down off a sugar rush this last week from the show that we did live in New York City. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, last week I was able to attend the BEA convention, which is the Book Expo of America in New York City, and I was invited there to represent my publisher, Lake Street Press, and the distributor, Eric Miller with Wicker Park Press and attend the Book Expo. Of course, that was in New York City last week. And I was able to work in their booth and host an autographing session with my book Beyond the Pews there. And in my infinite wisdom, if that wasn't enough on my plate, I decided that I would add just a little bit of a, more of a challenge. And in my thought process, I decided that I would broadcast my program live on the venue floor. Well, I'm not sure how many of you were listening, but I was able to pull it off. But there were a little few glitches here and there. But in retrospect, it really turned out to be an unbelievable personal achievement for myself. I went there by myself, and I was able to get into the groove of it, which we'll talk about in this show, but I feel like I really made some good strides and I was able to make it successful because of two things. One, I didn't stop. I had to keep going, right? I mean, I was on air and a little, you know, I couldn't find the internet connection and so I had to keep going and gosh, bless Eric Lincoln Miller. He was such a trooper. He stuck by me through the whole thing and the entire hour And it actually turned out to be a great and fabulous show. Go back and listen to it because I really wanted to connect with something I believe everyone has in their soul, which I call the inner writer within our own soul and ourselves. And some of you want to take your writing or just for personal satisfaction. And then there's others of you that really feel the need. And I know a lot of you because you've come up and told me that you really want to take those talents of writing to another level and put it out into the public. So I thought while I was there, I would take full advantage and pick Eric's brain because he's been on the inside world of publishing for forever. And I wanted to give him the opportunity to share some inside tips with all of us and that for those of you that were interested in exploring the publishing industry world in a greater extent, that you could have some insights from a person that's been in the industry for a long time. In fact, 31 years' worth and 10 years in publishing, and the guy's really been there for a long time. You know what I could tell by the way he was talking, and I hope this came through to the rest of you, that he was at that plateau that I believe in the world. You become an expert and you're so comfortable with yourself that you're ready to advise and give any information and tips that will help others to succeed at their own goals. You could tell that he was really comfortable on air and sharing his intuitive knowledges without any jealousy or envy, or even greed. I was so impressed with his honest assessment of the industry and giving us all little tips that we can use. So I really want you to go back and listen to it because it was informative, and it was also fun, and it was a delightful memory for me that I'm going to have forever in this lifetime. So go back to Blog Talk Radio, Change Already, And it was the June 4th show that I did in New York City. It's labeled that way. And, of course, you can always go back to my website, JillianMossBackman.com, which is J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-N-M.com. One of my original intentions for this program was to keep it as real as humanly possible. I've gotten to the place in my life where I realized making mistakes on air and showing that human quirky side of myself is not as damaging as I thought it used to be. I thought that I really had to come through and be this really cult person that had it all together, but I'm beginning to realize those little mistakes and... Those little glitches along the way make it really real. Well, I have to show, that show was really real, right? <laughs> I had reception problems from the get go, and you can hear the noise and activity going around in all directions. So I tried to find a quiet space to conduct the interview as as humanly possible. But that was even a challenge because, of course, there were thousands of people in everywhere. And as I look back now in retrospect and I've re-listened to the show, of course, it was totally intentional on my part, but I intuitively hadn't figured that out yet. I wanted to capture for the rest of you the background flurry that I was in the midst of. And the reason I did that was twofold. It really represents to me the business growth that's going on in America right now. And even though Despite what people in power are telling you or what we have grown to think that is normal and what really is out there, i got to tell you, this was a pocket of our economy that was really thriving. There was activity going on everywhere. And I have to say, I really felt this great essence of hope in all the people that I came across. They were really into what they were doing and excited about pushing forward into the 21st century or wherever we're going. There were crowds of people that were dressed up in the finest clothes. They had on their suits and beautiful outfits, and the women were all dressed, and they were actively negotiating at these tables in these booths that I was mesmerized with. And they were making new deals and new projects from authors. And it was fun. It was quite exhilarating to be in the midst of an industry that doesn't seem as desperate as people make it out to be in the outside world out here. And, of course, there were lots of other media organizations that were covering events like me. But I wasn't really interested in presenting a canned presentation without any flaws. I really believe that we have enough of that kind of stuff already. I'm not interested in keeping up with the business world that assumes that you, the listener, want perfection. Because I've learned that perfection is just a state of mind anyway. You know, the way we look or the way we talk. And we stay in with these prescribed guidelines. And I've already been there. I've done that. And to a certain extent, I've learned the lessons. I really want, and as always, present this raw and uncut version to you so you can really get a sense of the energy that was going on around me. You know, I always talk about intuition and how how you have to hit all of those senses. I wanted to convey to all of you the sounds of growth, the movement from an audio point of view so you could intuitively and spiritually grab hold of what was going on around me. Even though that meant a few mishaps there in mind, I hope that you were able to bypass those little glitches that I left in the show and see the ambiance of what the energy of growth felt like to me and Eric as we were in the show itself. Now, believe me, I have my own set of perfection things. Everybody knows that there's certain things that I'm very particular about, and I'm going to have those particulars for the rest of my life and my career for sure. But for the most part, I've learned to celebrate the little blurbs of imperfection as they come along. It feels good inside my soul not to put that pressure on myself and my guests that join me. So I hope that when you go back and listen, you can bypass some of those little glitches and really get into the meat of the message and really believe that there's no accident. And this show in particular was a living example. And hopefully you'll be able to start enjoying the bumps along with me. I was just grateful to find a place where I could continue my show and get the Internet signal. And the second part was I was very glad I didn't say anything inappropriate on air. I'm sure that there were some things coming across air, but I didn't say anything too too damaging on my part, so that was good. When I attend these kind of things, I've learned part of my job description in the world now is to be what I call the quiet observer, I'm one of those people that kind of sits back and watches the subtle nuances that are going on around me, the things that people, most people skim over or have no desire to notice. And I've learned over the years that sometimes it becomes a tedious responsibility. Can you imagine? It's really hard for me sometimes to stay on point most of the time. And the challenge, if you think about it, is a never-ending job. And the second part of the story is I really have to keep my personal judgments in check. I've learned how to establish this center of neutrality from right or wrong, but I still have to be able to observe what's going on, which means that sometimes I'm right staying in the moment. And, you know, you get out past, you know, as time passes, and you start looking back on those kind of experiences. I realized a few things about myself that I want to talk about, and one of those was staying in the moment. I really great you know get incredible insights from living in this parallel universe, I suppose between what's going on in front of me and staying in the moment and looking forward and Sometimes I just find personal amusement of people watching. You've got to admit it was a great place for people watching there was all kinds of everything you can only imagine, and only till I step back do I start processing that stuff. Well, this this event was no different than any of my other experiences. I just kind of went into that automatic mode. The automatic pilot of myself becomes the observer the minute I left my house till I arrived back home. I don't really think I set out to be this kind of pattern in my life. It just has developed over the years as a life teacher. So I feel like I'm in this constant state of experience-based education, and I'm always in this constant master's program. It's not that I'm trying to escape what I'm doing. I just lose sight of where I'm at. And, you know, I I have qualms now for that I'm learning, and I'm going to write about this in my blog that's coming up. You know, everybody is really encouraging people to stay in the moment, but for me, I realized this past week that staying in the moment is not necessarily all that you should be doing. I know that we get so caught up in where we're going in front of you, but to stay in the moment for me, I I missed a few things. Um, Can you imagine standing right in front of you in two buildings, basically, and there's the most prolific writers of today, everywhere you look. And my mind was going crazy trying to choose what authors you want to go to. I mean, can you imagine if you had the chance to do that and you could go in and get their latest manuscript and signed, and you meet them if they're people that you want to meet. Now, couple that with thousands of people that are just like you wanting the same thing. Well, it was really mind-blowing to a certain extent, and I didn't go in with any intentions. I just kind of went in there, so for the first day, it was kind of like a blur. I mean, I just tried to act for myself what was going on. Now, the second and third day, I really jumped in, and started working in the convention, but my publicist was really harping on me, Delilah from Imagine Publicity. They were really encouraging me several times a day to take more pictures. And to tweet as much as I can. And as you know, I talked about before I left that I was going to tweet as much as I can. But I realized that I was living in the moment so much, I actually forgot about the future. And now I'm kicking myself because I was so in tune with what was going on. I didn't capture more images for myself, let alone the rest of you, that caught the excitement and the... Incredible opportunity I was having around me. So when people say that you are staying in the moment, maybe for at least for myself, I'm going to have to figure out a good balance on that. And we're so focused on staying in the moment because that's what I've been in tuned and ingrained to. And all of us have been hearing that now for the last couple of years that maybe. It's not so great, at least in my instance for this time, I missed some great opportunities to get some visual pictures to take with me into the future. I think I was so ingrained in getting the energy of the radio program in audio form that I missed the visual part altogether. So next week, I'm going to be repeating the same process at a different convention I'm heading into, and I'm going to make a concerted effort for my publicist, Delilah, at Imagine Publicity, and myself this time to take more pictures and to find that nice balance between visuals, staying in the moment, and taking those visuals into the future. Right after this break, I want to talk more about what I learned. I'll see you after the break. Looking for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about the BEA convention and some of the things that I learned by default during that experience in New York City. In this rest of the show, I want to talk to you about the contrary to the way the world works in the world, say that twice, you know we're always fast and pushing forward all the time, and I see change not for the sake of change but actually a methodical process- process I go through. I hope you've been paying attention because I go slow and steady. And as you can see, I'm still kind of working out what the show is supposed to be. And I talked about it being raw and uncut and uncensored to a certain extent the first segment. But I hope that you were paying attention to what I've added this week and last week. My improvements are going to go as I figure out what I want to add to the process because I'm not real sure yet. So I hope you noticed. The two latest additions to the program, which was New Music by Jay Craig with Stoic Media for the music and the copy, and Mark Carrillo with the voiceovers from Mark Carrillo Productions in San Antonio, Texas. I've worked with both these guys and gals for a long time, and they actually knew what I wanted. Because we are so close, they know the essence of what I wanted to be, and they're both successful professionals, and they've been in the business of radio and music composition and production for a really long time, and I would consider them experts in their own field. So I want to personally thank them for donating their talents to this cause, my show, and more importantly, they add such great positive energy for all of us to receive every week through the show, so I hope that you'll look them up, Jay Craig's from Stoic Media and Mark Carrillo from Mark Carrillo Productions in San Antonio. Now, let's get back to the conversation at hand, which is the BEA convention. Several years ago on one of my other radio programs, I hosted a series on the Mayan calendar and the forecast to the end of the earth, which is scheduled this year for December 21st. I had to do a lot of research in a lot of diverse sources to grasp the full picture of what everybody was talking about. And one of the biggest things I found was that you had to prepare for the pending disaster that's supposed to be coming towards the end of this year. And several so-called experts had compiled this big, long list of things that we all need to take underground in these hiding places or wherever we're going to find ourselves in order to survive on the other side of this disaster that's supposed to be coming. What I found interesting and I talked about in the first series I did was within the mix of the iodine pills and the gas generators and the water that you had to get to survive for at least three months on your own, these experts were encouraging us to save all our books of all kinds. Well, that didn't even occur to me did it, would it occur to you that if the planet's all wiped out, totally clean of our past, the only way that we would be able to share our own literary legacy to the next population, supposedly is through the books of knowledge and So we wouldn't lose the insights they were saying of what we've uncovered scientifically and psychologically and everything else in between so they wouldn't have to start from scratch. And for some reason, I have no idea. But when I went into this convention hall last week, this this idea that I came across a couple years ago kept coming to my stream of consciousness. And there were books everywhere. And when I say books everywhere, I'm telling you, there were free merchandise. Now, you have to remember, this is for professionals only. And the idea is they take them back to their libraries or their bookstores, and they sell them or have people access to people to read them. So there was everything you could imagine. There were children's books. There were nonfiction. There were fiction books. There were blogs, there were, you know, computer programs, anything that you can imagine that had knowledge and insight to share was in this huge convention hall. And all I could think about was, okay, if I had to pick from all of these things around me, what books would I pick? There were hundreds of people, as you can imagine, hanging around the romance novel books. And then there were just as many like myself (laughs) at the Food Network station where I met Carla and Katessa, the uh, French cook from Food Network. I was over the moon about that P.S. And then you could cross over to the nonfiction section where you'd find just as many fans lining up. And then you had the children and the young and everything in between. So I thought to myself, where does one pick? If you're going to survive a catastrophe, what in the world would you pick? And if you only had two days and you were given the chance to meet and greet any author and receive any book that you thought would be a reflection of what you wanted to teach your generations to come, and grow from what would you pick have you ever thought about that it didn't occur to me till so I was standing there and I thought to myself what would everybody else pick now what would you do where would you go what books would you pick out now let's eliminate the big heavy hitters let's eliminate the Bible the Guru Ghansa, the Quran, the Torahs, or any of those sacred texts, that's kind of a given, right? So if you could eliminate that and that's already on the table, what books would you choose? Do you have any idea? What books would you want your kids to read or your kids' kids to learn about from us in the future? I thought it was such a a, a astounding a thought in my head. And a question, and for a long time, for a couple hours, I just pondered on this, walking aimlessly around from booth to booth, thinking, what in the world would I do? So if you had the chance, I guess I'm asking you, what books would you take? Which ones would be important to you? Which ones would you want your kids to teach to other kids and their kids in generations past? God forbid that we're all not obliviated December 21st. But it certainly is something to think about in your own mortality and what you want to pass on to your families and generations moving forward. So I'm going to talk some more and write some more about that in my blog that's coming up in the next couple weeks. But I want to skip on over and close that chapter and tell you what's going on next week. Try to follow this. Now, I know it's been kind of hit and miss, but next week, my show is going to change times again. I'm going to be doing my show Saturday, June 24th at noon, mountain time, live again. I'm a glutton for punishment, aren't I? I'm going to get this. This will be my third time, and you know what third time means. I'm going to do it live from the INAP convention in Denver, Colorado. And when you do the third time, by the third time, I'm going to have it all in order. But who knows? You know the Internet and you know the world. Who knows? I love those raw images and times and little spaces in between. So I might just create some just because I can. I'm going to be hosting a one-hour special again. So that means I'm not going to be on um, next Thursday. I'm going to be on Saturday, as I just said, June 24th at noon, and that's mountain time. In fact, I'm going to this convention in Denver. I love Denver, so I'm excited about going back there again. In fact, right before I left for New York, I found out my book, Beyond the Pews, has been named as one of the finalists in this prestigious cover award, which stands for the Coalition of Visionary Resource Award. And the winner is going to be announced at the banquet the night before my show. So that will be announced on June 23rd. And yes, according to, I promised my my publicist that I would take more pictures and definitely try to tweet on this one. But you know how superstitious I am. I, I did that show a couple weeks ago on superstitious. I'm more apt to keep to myself and talk about the event after it's passed and then give you fill you in with all the details. But apparently that's not the way I'm supposed to be doing it. (laughs) So see, I'm growing in the experience too. So I will be telling you all about it as I go and figuring out all of what that means and growing with you. But between now and then, I want you to remember, as always, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. So make sure you get that program note. It's next week, June 24th, live in Denver, high noon, mountain time. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before, just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.